There we go. All right. We ready? All right. So for those of you who have been here with us this month, we have been, our theme has been a new year, a new you. We talked about putting our hope in God, and we even saw examples of that through the life of Daniel last week with Captain Jennifer. Today I want to take a deeper look within ourselves and do a self-examination of our faith. We're at the beginning of a new year, and many people feel like it's a good time for a fresh start, right? To move forward. But in order for us to move forward, we need to look at where we are already, where we have come. We don't necessarily need to start completely over, but we need to strive to move forward and to live today better than we did yesterday. Y'all agree? The Bible has a lot to say about self-examination, as I was looking up this topic this week. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah lamented over the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. And in response, he told the people, Instead, let us test and examine our ways. Let us turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. In the New Testament, the <laughs> Apostle Paul challenges the church in Corinthians. <clears throat> and he says, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Very interesting. So today we're going to look to the Bible. There should be Bibles in your pews. We're going to be looking at several scriptures from the Old and New Testament to discover why self-examination is beneficial. What the standards are we should be living by and some questions that will help us through our self-examination. All right, so y'all ready? So the first thing we're talking about is why should we examine ourselves? Why should we even care? Why should we look at it? So first of all, if we're ever to move forward in our lives, we need to look at where we are. In your everyday, everyday life, so in your physical life, you might think about things like health, your success, your family life, and so on. Now, if, you have, if something hurts in your body, you have an ache, you go to the doctor, right? And what is he going to do? The first thing the doctor is going to do is give you a physical examination. We've all been to the doctor, right? They're going to look at your eyes, they're looking in your ears and your throat. They're going to look at your body to see what they can find. If they don't see anything on the outside, then they may look um, on the inside. They might use a stethoscope to listen to your heart. They'll use a thermometer to get your temperature. All right? Now, if this doesn't help, then they're going to look even more in-depth. They're going to take blood work. They may give you an MRI or a CAT scan or take x-rays with all those fancy machines they have now. They're going to look way, way deep inside to see what's going on because he wants to find the cause of the problem. Now, sometimes you don't even have any physical pains or ailments, but the doctor still wants to see you for a checkup, right? He wants a wellness checkup to make sure that everything's okay. They may take blood, they may <clears throat> do all the physical stuff as well. So this, we're going to relate this to our spiritual life. So think about your spiritual life. Many people are sick spiritually and they do not even know about it. In the Old Testament, when God freed the Israelites from Egypt, they ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years. Guess what? Many of them started worshiping idols, they started intermarrying with the pagans and doing things they weren't supposed to do. Their faith was weak, and they didn't even realize it. 
And because of this, they began to move further and further away from God. Now, God didn't leave them. God never gave up on them. But they, they gave up on God. So what happened? What did God do in response to this? Well, he sent people, he sent prophets to the, to the people to tell them to turn back from their evil ways. Or else God was going to send his wrath, right? So, <clears throat> the people, what did they do? They didn't listen. And God had to send his wrath onto the city of Jerusalem. And it was destroyed by their enemies, just as God had said. In the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament, Jeremiah weeps over the destruction. And it's in Lamentations chapter 3. If y'all want to look at the scripture and know where I'm talking about, chapter 3, verse 36. And you could read the story later, the whole story, but in this portion, Jeremiah is saying, If they twist justice in the courts, doesn't the Lord see all these things? Who can command things to happen without the Lord's permission? Does not the Most High send both calamity and good? Then why should we, mere humans, complain when we are punished for our sins? He said, instead, this is where this verse comes in, instead of complaining, let us test and examine our ways. So he's telling them, we need to look at ourselves. We can't quit blaming everything else. Look at yourselves. Test and examine your ways. Let us turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven and say, we have sinned and rebelled and you have not forgiven us. So what is Jeremiah saying? He's saying to look at yourselves, to examine yourselves. What, what's the problem? What happened? What caused this? You know, what, what's going on? They had gone so far from God that they couldn't even see the warning signs. Their faith had diminished and they had lost hope. Now this happens to many people, either as a society or individual. If you look at our country, look at America, our founding fathers, they served God, right? Right? We had the Ten Commandments posted in, the, in, in our courts, and our laws were based off the Ten Commandments. Today, if we tested ourselves as a nation, I think that many of us would agree that we're moving away from God. Right? They took the prayers out of schools. They want to take Ten Commandments out of the courthouses. And those are just a few examples of if we look and test ourselves as a, as a society and a country... We can see where we're moving and heading. Now, on a personal level, it's up to you individually to examine yourselves frequently. Too often we go through life trying to do everything on our own. And sometimes we wait until things get really bad, out of, you know, out of control. Then we finally talk to God. But that's not really a good, a good thing. Because then sometimes, guess what? We get mad at God, don't we? We get upset because God's not changing everything instantly. And we blame God. And we have not even examined ourselves to see what, what we might be, what might be going on wrong in our lives, what we might have missed. So we need to examine ourselves to see if our faith is genuine. In the New Testament, this is exactly what Paul told them. Test yourselves. See if your faith is genuine. And surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. How do you fail if you, not know, if you don't know that Christ is there with you? And then you need to really think about what's going on. If, if, if Jesus isn't in your life right now, if he's not a part of your life, then that, that's one thing that we need to change. 
Don't think that just because you went to church on Sunday or maybe you got baptized when you were a kid that that's going to be enough. It's more than just coming and sitting in a building or just saying things or memorizing a scripture verse. It's, it goes deeper than that. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, it says, So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. Did y'all catch that? We might drift away if, we don't, if we're not careful. For the message of God, delivered through angels, has always stood firm. And every violation of, law, of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore the great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak? I'm talking about the testimony of the disciples. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chooses to. So yes, number one, we can drift away from God. Yes, we can lose sight of the life that God has planned for us. And yes, we can lose faith if we're not careful. If we don't examine ourselves often. The Bible clearly says it here. Then furthermore, further down in Hebrews chapter 3, it says, Then be careful, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day. So this, this verse is about accountability. We need to warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God, just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all things that belong to Christ. That's an important scripture right there because some people don't believe that they can fall away from God, that they can lose sight, that they can lose faith. Some people don't believe that that can happen. But it clearly states here that we have to be careful and we have to make sure our hearts are right with God. This message is for all of us, you know, whether we're the best Christian or best, you know, we think we are, or if we're the worst sinner. You know, we all must check ourselves. We must also help each other. It says to warn each other, to help each other. We don't need to be alone, right? God created us to be in fellowship with one another. He created us to love one another and to help one another, to be there for one another. So we must lovingly, say it that way, lovingly assist each other. We must not judge one another, but we must love one another. And especially if our neighbor is falling away or they're in need, right? And so this is another reason why it's good to examine yourselves, because how can you help your brothers and sisters if you're not even in the right place to do it? Physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, it all, all works that way. You have to help yourselves before you can help other people. So, and like I said, this doesn't mean that we need to judge or condemn others, because that's not right. That's not being, we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't condemn them or judge them. Only God is the judge. All right, so what are the standards by which we should examine ourselves? That's the next question. All right, because that's, that's important. Now, have you ever done something that at the time it seemed great, but later you regretted it? Yeah, okay, y'all don't have to raise your hand. I'm just saying, this is important. Have you ever done something, you thought it was the, 
you know, you were really great at the time, but then later on you're like, I should not have done that. That was not a good thing. Now, have you ever judged someone based on your own opinions and found out later that you were wrong? Right? You know, okay. Now, sometimes we're not in the right place to make the best decisions. We're not in the right place mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Sometimes um, our ideas and opinions are not as accurate as we think. And we all, we all come across that sometimes. I know, I'm sure you know people who have the philosophy that what they believe is truth is the absolute truth, and they will not bend, right? We've, we've encountered those people. But we can get into a lot of trouble with this kind of thinking. The Apostle Paul says, again in 2 Corinthians, when people commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. We've got to be careful about that. And, and then Paul says, my conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove that I'm right. It is the Lord himself that will prove and who will examine me, he used that word examine me, and he will decide. So what is the standard? So these scriptures tell us that the standard comes from the Lord. That's the standard which we should examine ourselves. We are counted righteous through Christ. Now, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, he grew up in a Jewish home. He memorized all the scriptures. He was considered a man of God. He originally did not believe in Jesus or his cause or his teachings, and he actually hunted down and persecuted and killed Christians. That's what Paul, the Apostle Paul did. Until one day, you know, the Lord appeared to him in a vision and told him what he was doing was wrong. But the thing is, is that he thought he was doing the will of God. He was a godly man. He knew the scriptures. He went to church every day of his life. Right? That's how they did back then. And, and he thought that he was doing the right thing by killing these people because he thought that they were against God. But then Jesus shows up blinds him for three days in a vision because Jesus had already died and he came to him and then he said no Paul you're going to be my servant and you're going to go out and preach the gospel right and so um, you know even Paul with all his biblical teachings and his passion for the ministry was off until he was examined by the Lord himself and was told no you're off we also should not compare ourselves to others. There are many people who think themselves righteous but have no clue that they are headed for destruction. There are radicals out there who believe that if they kill innocent people for their God, I'm not talking about our God, for their God, they believe that they will be rewarded in the afterlife. People honestly believe this. And so they do these terrible things and they destroy people. You know, but unfortunately... When they make it to the other side, they're going to end up somewhere quite different than they expected. So, the true standard is in God's word. Like, he, like Paul said, if you commend yourself, that doesn't count for anything. The important thing is for the Lord to commend you. And then in John, he says, But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment. And I, uh, by the truth that I have spoken. And because Paul, and Paul tells them again, we will all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians because of what Jesus had said. He said, all who reject me and my message will be judged on that day. All of them will. 
So God is the ultimate judge, and the Bible clearly states that there will be a time of judgment. So imagine when you, when you get there, who is it going to be? Who's going to be with you? That friend that told you to go do something crazy? <laughs> no. <laughs> your mom's not going to be there. Your brothers and sisters aren't going to be with you. Your boss, your spouse, your you know, enemy, your closest friend. It's going to be you and God. And you're going to have to account for what you did in your life. Nobody else. No excuses, because God knows everything. And he's going to say, why did you do that? Why did you hurt your brother or sister? Why didn't you listen to your parents? Why did you listen to that crazy fool who asked you to do something that wasn't right, and you knew it wasn't right? So you're going to be judged for your actions alone, right? All right, so now we need to know um, how can we examine ourselves against God's word? Because we don't want that. We don't want... We want to live our best lives. We want to be who God created us to be, right? We don't want to be that. We don't want to get up there and have God, like, asking us all these crazy stuff, and then we feel, like, really bad because we really messed up. So one of the first question we should ask, is Christ in me? Does Jesus live in you? Is Jesus in your heart, right? How do we know if Christ is in us? How do we know? Well, we can look. It, it's going to be known by our actions, what the Bible says. And if you look in Galatians chapter 5, some of you know this, and there's a song to it. But the Holy Spirit, which is God in you, right? The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if Christ is in you then what should your life look like, according to the scripture? You should love, right? You should be gentle, you should be patient, you should be kind, right? This is how you know if Christ is in you. This is a very good way to examine yourself, to test yourself. Look at your life and see, what are you lacking? Are you not kind to people? Are you impatient? Do you have go crazy because you don't have self-control? These, all these things can be fixed when we have Christ in our lives and when we're living for God. Another way is to ask yourself, have I been keeping God's commandments? All right? In John chapter 14, um, it says, Those who keep, accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, the Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. All right? So Jesus is saying you need to obey God. And, and that shows that, that you love God. When you are obedient to God, that's an act of love. That's an act of worship. It's not an act of I'm just doing this because I'm going to get punished or something. Or, you know, there's a, a, there's a bad consequence if I don't obey God. It's not about that. It's about I love God and I respect God and, and Christ lives in me. And so I'm going to obey his commandments. Now, the, uh, God's commandments are in the Bible, right? Now, there's the Ten Commandments that we know, so we could look at those, but there's other commandments that God says, and one of the, the most important ones it says is what? We should love, right? Love, love, love. Love your neighbor as yourself, love God, love everybody. So that's the most important commandment. Is we can start by showing love loving yourselves, and loving other people. 
you should read God's commandments for yourself and let it, you know, let God fill your heart and, and mind and soul with all this stuff and keep it and keep it in your heart and live them the best that you can. Another thing, another question is, are the marks of discipleship present in my life? Discipleship. What is discipleship? What is a disciple? A disciple is a student, and we are constantly called to be students of God's word, right? We are constantly need to study. I uh, had a, a child, I'm not going to say who his name is, that said, I don't need to go to church because I've already heard all those stories. I know it all already. I heard, sang all the songs. I know everything. I'm done. I don't need to go to church. And I'm like, get dressed. You're going to church. <laughs> you don't know everything. I don't know everything. Get up. You're going to church. But that's the thing. We can't fool ourselves into thinking that we're done because we're never done. We're not done. Just because I went to seminary school and, you know, maybe I've read through the Bible a couple times, I don't know everything, and God reveals things to me every day and every time I read his word. So are you a disciple? Do you read his word? Are you loving others like Christ? Are you reflecting the fruit of the Spirit? These are the marks of discipleship. Are you sharing the love of God with others? Right? The next question to check yourself, do I have the attitude of a true disciple? What is your attitude? We got, we got some teenagers here. We can talk about attitude. No, but what's your attitude um, in life? And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 13, As you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of... Um, now I can't know how to read this word. Anyways, we have not failed the test of our authority to be apostles. So how did he do this? Right? Okay, we're going to go to Philippians, and then he's going to tell us how he did this. He said, I once, and this is his philosophy. Now think about this. This is his attitude. I once thought that these things were valuable. Talking about the world, right? I once thought that this was all valuable, but now I consider them all worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. So where does, his, where does your righteousness, he's saying, I'm not righteous because I obey the law, even though he does obey the law. He's not saying that. He's just saying, but, but I don't count that righteousness. My righteousness comes with my faith in Christ. <clears throat> he says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on, he says, he presses on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling. You, we should have this attitude, right? Christ should be number one. 
We should focus on God. We should focus on loving God, being a disciple, being loving and kind and gentle, focusing on those things. And, and, and that should be our attitude, is counting everything else is underneath, and God is first, and, and having the attitude that God, you know, when I'm living for God, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for him, that he's going to make everything right, you know. Um, but have, have I reached perfection, Paul says? Have any of us reached that perfection? No, we have not, but we press on. We keep going. We don't stop. We don't give up. And that's why we need each other, too, because sometimes if we're alone and we feel like nobody cares, and then we just want to give up, and that's not a good situation or a place to be in. So we need to press on, and, you know, and our value, our, sorry, the relationship with Christ should be our highest value, valued thing, not our iPhone or our, you know, computer or our car or whatever. It should be our relationship with Christ. <clears throat> and then that's not to say that we won't have troubles in our lives, right? But instead we should say that when trouble comes, I am guarded with the faith in Christ, and I can push through the situation knowing that God has my back, and as long as I'm living and obeying in his will and his word, that I will make it. That's what our attitude should be, right? We should push forward <clears throat> and know that we are guarded and we, ha and we have Christ. We have God. God has our back, right? So we have some work to do, right? We all have some work to do. Uh, many of us are not as close to God or strong in our faith as we should be. So today is the opportunity to move forward, to start, um, to turn back to God, like Jeremiah said, turn back to God and trust in him and have faith. Um, use this message as a starting place to leave the past behind and to move forward with your new self. Paul says to throw off your sin like yesterday's dirty clothes. Right? Hope. Yeah. We got some issues in this corner. Okay. Throw, throw off the dirty clothes and the sin. Take a bath, right? Let's, let's, um, let's open our hearts to the love of God. <clears throat> Sorry. And not be afraid to make those changes. It's scary sometimes because you don't know where you're going. You might be in a comfortable zone. But you've got to move forward and begin to make changes for the better. Pray continually. Read God's word daily for inspiration, direction, comfort, hope, and faith. And do not give up, but continue to examine your heart and your soul. And stay on the path of righteousness. So this is, these are very important lessons that, that God has given us. And, and we must not forget to test and examine ourselves frequently. Even daily if we have to. Because when we start to get discouraged, we start to lose hope, we start to lose sight, then we become like the Israelites and we start wandering in the desert and we start falling away and doing some things that, you know, that we're not supposed to do. And then before we know it, we're way off. But God's always there. We talked about the prodigal son in, in Sunday school on Thursday, or Tuesday, remember? And uh, we talked about how no matter how far we get off track, God's always going to um, be there when we come back. And um, hopefully throw us a party like, like his son, right? All right. Well, this morning we're going to have an, um, we're going to open up the altars for altar call. You um, may come up here and pray. We can pray with you or you can pray in your seats. But I want you to focus on what God is telling you today in your heart and what things that you can start working on to, 
to change your lives for the better. And Captain's going to play some music while we have this time.
as we examine ourselves. May that chorus be the echo of our hearts and what we find, that knowing Jesus is the greatest thing. Because when we examine our lives and we know that knowing Jesus is the greatest thing, it's our greatest treasure, and we seek after him, like it's the treasure we know it to be, then everything else in our life will fall into place. The Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? And everything else will be added unto it. Heavenly Father, just help us to seek your kingdom first and seek to know you first. That you and knowing you is the greatest treasure in our lives. Lord, help us to examine ourselves and to reveal, Lord, what we place importance on, and if it's not you in our lives, Lord, may you help us to remove whatever else takes first place so that you, you are what matters to us. Be with us this day in Jesus' name, amen.